Welcome to the SNA Live podcast, hosted by Three the Hard Way. This is for the culture. Black and Latinx, where you at? Yo, what's good, cigar fam? It's your boy Seaway, and welcome to SNA Live, the show not just about cigars and cigar lounges, but life in general. Because if you're in a nice ass cigar lounge with your peoples and only talking about cigars, then you missed the whole motherfucking point. We're recording live as always from Smoking Ashes, Cigars and Haberdashery, yes, the hottest cigar lounge in these United States. With me as always are my partners in crime. We got the GM, we got Leek. Say what's up to the people. Yo, 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 what's good, what's good? What's going on, fam? Don't forget we can now be seen on one institution media's platform as we are now a part of the OIM family. Today's episode is episode number 14. 14? Season is flying by. Quick. We're calling it Access. Mm. A C C E dollar sign dollar sign. Period. Essentially what we're gonna be talking about in this episode is the lack of access that our people sometimes have to the more expensive sports. We're talking golf. We're talking tennis. We're talking gymnastics. Yeah. We're talking hockey. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. We're talking lacrosse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So fencing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a sport. Facts. And not every not every kid gets that access. Nah, not at all. Not at all. So we're gonna be talking about our own personal experiences with respect to our children. And, and playing sports. And playing sports yep. and getting them into those sports. Uh we're gonna be talking about examples of athletes of color that have made it in those sports. The ones that are more prominent, maybe some of the ones that are maybe not as prominent. As usual, we're gonna be bringing back our segments, the notable mention. And we're going to be talking about uh, what we're rocking with this particular week. And with that being said, as usual, cut your stick, light them up, and let's get it popping. Welcome to SNLA Live, a podcast like no other. Featuring three the hard way. You, you want it, you got it. Yes, yes. We are back, episode 14, Access. Oh, I should say 14 in rep for Puerto Rican day that just passed. But all access, we are talking Boricua. about Boricua. But we talking about the youth sports and the gift or the curse. So now is the perfect time to get your stick, get your seat, get your drink, and let's rock. Episode 14, let's do it, let's do it Don't get it twisted, this is a very important topic Yeah, no, definitely is It's something that kind of gets spoken about But I don't think a lot of people have access to the information To know the difference It gets spoken about when the outlier shines You know what I'm saying? Like when you have the person that's like Oh wow, this person's doing this, that, and the other And it's like, yeah But you do understand that there are Hundreds, if not maybe thousands of kids That want to get into that sport And can't Simple for the fact of lack of resources. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But as usual, before we get into our, our topics of this particular podcast, we, we got to talk about what we're drinking, what we're smoking. Leek, I'm going to let you set it off, brother. What you smoking today? So today, I'm smoking the Mumbacho Diplomatico. This is the Toro size. This is a really... Uh, I love that cigar. Yeah, this is a really good cigar. We actually had 
uh, the rep, Adrian Acosta, who came out last mm. summer. He did a Cigar 101, and this was one of the main cigars mm. that he actually featured. And we got another one coming up July 24th. Yes, sir. Don't forget about that. Come um, through. Yeah, yeah. So he actually did this, and he paired it with the actual Diplomatico rum. So it was, he, but it, the way he did it, he really broke down like the, how to taste the different nuances, and and he taught. He you even how, taught you how to drink. Yes, how to drink. Like how to, how to taste, not your, to drink. Put your head back, and, but to be able to like, yeah, yeah to open up your palate exactly. with the alcohol and let it, you know, the same way you would do with our retro hair on a cigar. Definitely. Exactly. So, yeah. July twenty fourth, like we said, part two, um, definitely come by. So this is the again the Mumbacho. Just to give a breakdown, it has Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The binder is from the Jalapa region in Nicaragua. Jalapa. Jalapa. I'm saying, I keep, keep forgetting that J silent. Sorry, sorry, all my, my Spanish people. <laughs> and the fillers are, um, again, from Nicaragua, from Condega, Esteli, and Jalapa. Okay. I got Here it. That's um, I had this before. Definitely um, what we call a flavor bomb. Um, has some raisiny sweetness to it. Yeah, that one's different. It's it has a it pairs perfectly with the rum. But it's also yeah. it's you know what's a little unique about this? Even though it has the sweetness, it also has that at least in my opinion is one of my favorite blends. Sweetness mixed with a little pepper to it. It's because of those extra regions yes, inside the filler. Exactly, filler-up. exactly. So it's it's a good combination, a good balance between But it's not both. overpowering. It's not overpowering. It's definitely yeah. a good balance yeah. between you. So um, we'll talk about what we're drinking, but I think this is gonna pair really well. So what you smoke on right? I have gone with the full body Roma Craft Neanderthal. That's a good one. This yeah. cigar mm. is right not for the faint of heart. Definitely mm. not. It is a very strong, very well put together cigar. Yes. The flavors on it are complex. The construction on it is amazing. It is encased with a San Andreas wrapper, which is very coarse, which is a, a, a favorite of ours. Yes, it is. Yes, then, sir. Then peep the binder on this bad boy, Connecticut Broadleaf binder, inside of a San Andreas wrapper. That's what I should Yeah. yeah. And then you have- uh, You gotta have your training wheels off for that one. Yeah, you do, <laughs> you do. And then you have Nika fillers from four different regions. Mm. So this thing is just loaded with experiences, Definitely eat before you smoke that. Yeah, this is not <laughs> one that you can have with an uh, empty stomach, like mm-hmm. you just said. So again, definitely try out this Roma Craft Neanderthal. It's, I don't know, it's one of the best cigars I had of this year. So definitely check this out. And Conway, what are you smoking today? So I have the Mbambe Corojo Oscuro Perfecto. I love that So, company. yes. These things have been moving off our shelves like crazy. Yes. Not only from our members, but from our regular customers, yes. from newer customers. And then when they'll come in and like, oh man, the Bombay joint. Yeah, man, it's gone. Yeah. Y'all just got them in two days ago. Yeah, I know. And then they call and let me know when it comes in. Calling every exactly, day. Did exactly. Did it come in yet? Did it get in yet? Yeah, it's, it's one of those sticks that no matter how many boxes we have, they're going. They just because people going. don't buy one or two at a time. No, because they're scared to lose. Exactly. So they buy three or four or five at a time. Exactly. And we got a couple of members, yeah. Stash them in their locker. <laughs> yeah. It happened yesterday. So it's, a, it's an Ecuadorian wrapper and binder, but then the fillers where it's like the little curveball. It's Ecuadorian, it's Dominican, then it's Peruvian. Yeah, the mix is insane. And then to add some uh, flavor on top of that, it's put together in Costa Rica. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a whole blend of just deliciousness. Going down with this cigar They're amazing cigars though. They, yeah. That has to be The company of the year For me Yeah Yeah it's, it's definitely up there Definitely up there Not taking anything away From anybody else But no. just, their yeah. cigars Are just 
I don't know for a good. different yeah. level. Yeah, different and it's pairing well with what we're drinking. So speaking about that, leak let the people know what we're sipping on. So we are sipping on. Let them know. Some sipping pa- on some Pampero anniversary anniversario. Okay. Okay. This is um made and blended in Venezuela. Um, this is aged four to six years. It says in whiskey barrels. Which is interesting because I don't really taste that yet, but maybe, you know, I just started. I do. I do when you... Do it again. It's when you first... The when you first sip, drink the it, first it, it first okay. goes down. I just... You can taste it on the, the, the back end. Yes. Okay. And I will say this. Listen. For everybody sitting at home, either watching us or listening, we... We do this. Yeah. Like, we know the difference with different rum, scotches. To be honest with you, we can sit out here and drink um, 18-year Glenlivet. We could drink, you know... Um, all types of like these high end, but we are small batch connoisseurs, so we enjoy bringing and trying different things. Definitely. Just for the record, I just want to set that straight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? You guys might wonder why you don't see, you know, always like a, you know, one of these quote unquote lack of all in 16. You don't be and drinking like McAllen or McAllen's yeah, and stuff like, like yeah, that. Like we, we, we do do that a lot, but we're yeah. trying to put you on to something new. Yes. Expand yeah. your horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Diversify. Yeah, so I, yeah, diversify. Yeah, diversify your bonds. So I just wanted to just make that very clear. Uh, we're just the same way we do with our cigar selection here. Majority yeah. of our cigars here in Smoking Ashes, we carry a lot of small yes. batch that companies that people either rarely heard of or they've never heard of. Yeah. And we just try to uh, give people some type of um, put you on something. Yes. Different. Yeah. So we do the same thing with our pairings when we do drinks. So. Yes. Don't be so. don't be don't be sleeping on the stuff that we saying like it's some secondhand shit. So nah, next time you nah. go out to the liquor store, if you see this, remember, oh, I heard that on SNA Live. Yeah, oh, let me go try this. But so far it's good. It's definitely good. Pick it up. Be like, oh, these motherfuckers know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Take a picture, hashtag, oh, uh, you know, SNA Live podcast, and then you know, tag Pampero Anniversario, yes, and sir. you know, just let us know that you know, let them know that you heard it from us. Yeah, yes, sir. definitely, definitely. All right, so we have to get into our first topic. PR, our personal experiences with respect to getting our kids into more expensive sports now before we start full disclosure and I've, we've mentioned this on on the podcast before the gm has kids bleak has kids me on the other hand he has our kids <laughs> and, and his people and, his, uh, and benny and benny exactly and benny but i'm i'm, I'm recently married and, and before i was married Pull out game was so mean. <laughs> it's the world traveler here. So mean. Johnny Walker should so actually have him as the fucking as the logo. So no, no kids as of yet. You know what I'm saying? It, it'll probably change in, in the near future. But Absolutely. like I said, no pressure. The crown was cemented. Pull out king. I was, I was here. But he does hear a lot of shit from us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know what I'm in for. Yeah, facts. definitely know what I'm in for. So I'm gonna let you guys, you know, take this in terms of your experiences. All I can speak to is. Me playing well. That's ball a part the, of it, though. In the because playground, it is a part of it, though, it's because you should know the difference too of playing street ball, mm-hmm. and when you start actually going real organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know when you're just big playing pickup ball. All of a sudden, you're inside of a gym with trainers, coaches. There's a, there's an actual plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah, like, way minute, different. Wait, yeah. this is not just you know find the open guy. There's schemes and stuff yeah. like that. So you could tell you could talk to that. But speaking of. Uh, access to different sports um listen where we've grown up as us personally like i know i grew up in the bronx we all know that we all lived in grown up between the bronx and yonkers mm-hmm. um 
The only tennis courts I knew of, for instance, were like in Van Cortland Park, and you needed like a special par- a permit, permit to, even, yeah. to even play there. Yeah, yeah. Um, outside of that, I know 168 was at Cortona Park. Yeah. They had a tennis court in there. Did they? Yes, they did. The only reason why I know that is because when I was like 11, the first game I ever saw live was Jim Courier played in the Bronx. In Cortona Park? Yeah, the, um, uh, GA, the GHI Open at the time. GHI doesn't exist anymore. They yeah, were an insurance company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like an open. In and the they did Bronx. it. They did it in the Bronx, bro. That's the first time I saw a tennis. That's why they don't exist anymore. Their, their budget wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. You had a fucking open in the South Bronx. You had Jim Courier <laughs> playing in the South Bronx in the early nineties. Yeah, Courier was playing like he in ninety one, ninety two. He had a name. But yeah, but the Bronx and you the had 90s. him in the Bronx playing tennis. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Trust and believe. <laughs> so again, the only time oh, I ever had the experience of playing tennis was uh, a couple of times. I can't even deny. Like my dad had the opportunity. He worked his ass off. To be able to take us on one vacation a year, yeah. And most of the time, we went to a resort that had a tennis court. Yeah, and you yeah, had to rent the come, tennis balls and yeah, stuff from yeah, there. So that was my experience with tennis. Yeah. Coming back, never had the chance to. Gotcha. Same thing goes with the ice rink. There weren't too many ice rinks in the Bronx. There weren't. Um, I mean, obviously, you could play lacrosse on in a grass field, but who had lacrosse equipment? I. I don't even think I knew what the fuck lacrosse was until I was like a teenager. 80s movies is the only reason why I knew what lacrosse was. I knew what it was. I wanted to play, but it wasn't around. Because it was hockey with just on grass. Where where you felt felt more um, like yourself, being able to to be you. It's like playing tag out in the hood. Basically. Yeah, you got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You actually would have been good at that. That's why you think I freaking love it. You actually would have been good at that. I wanted to play that so bad. But yeah, there was no access to it, man. So now growing up, getting older, having children, moving out to... Jersey, mm-hmm. I had a chance to open the horizons for my kids. But not just on these particular sports that we're talking about, like golf, tennis, lacrosse, because most of the high schools out here in suburbia, they have these programs. Fencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still took me for a loop with that one, fencing. Like, I, I never would have thought about that. If, you, if we would have sat here for like the next hour, they just come up with sports that like... You know, fencing, expensive yeah. fencing yeah. would not have been one of those things that came up with. It's up there, though. It is, it is with high school sports. And yeah, I know no, a set is. of yeah. twins from locally, they just got scholarship. They're going to be right here in FDU, but still, nonetheless, they got a scholarship to nice. that's fence. That's and that's goal. free that's education. Free education. That's that is yeah, the that's championship. Goal, that's yeah. it. But that's what we teach our kids when, we, when we're playing on the, when, on, on, the, on the youth level. The championship for us as an organization is making sure that you get full ride. a full ride. Yep. That is the win. That's it. Going pro, if you go pro in any sport, God bless you, because that's exactly. lightning in a bottle yeah. you're catching. Yeah. Just being real, the numbers don't add up. Yeah. So if you do that, but if you can get through college without paying and having debt, exactly. you won. Without paying and having time to actually study. Because some of these programs... Student athlete, being a student athlete is extremely hard. Yeah, really, really rough. So, Especially on scholarship. Yeah. So I speak to... My personal experience. So, growing up, I actually went through this. So, you know, you know my story. Um, yeah. So I was a freaking active ass kid. Had ADHD. Couldn't sit still. On top of that, grew up in a hood where there was a lot of crime, a lot of shit going on outside. And shout out to my parents. They, their main goal was to make sure I didn't get caught up in the streets. And at the same time, I couldn't fucking sit still in the house. So I was driving them crazy. Yeah. So they had to get you into something. So shout out to my grandparents because we did not have a lot of money in the household. You know, it was three of us in the in the house. I mean, both my parents worked, but you know, they weren't making a lot of money. We were we struggled, but my grandparents were the key to helping me get through that. 
That's what's up. And again, a lot of kids in our, in, our, in you know, us growing up yeah, in our hood, yeah. we didn't have that, you know, for the most part. We didn't even have grandparents. We, we didn't even have grandparents, or so if they did, you know, they was they was off doing their own thing. They have yeah, one or separate, separate yeah. exactly. <clears throat> so, my I was I was blessed. I'm gonna use it. I was blessed that I had grandparents that helped me get through pretty much my childhood of not getting in trouble. And they kept me busy by putting me in sports. I actually did one of these very rare, expensive sports. I'm not ashamed to say it because I was fucking couldn't sit still. I did gymnastics at yeah, age, not five, age five years old, and I did it. I was competing nationally. So from five, I have one to, question. Yes, how tight were the tights? They were really tight. They were really tight. They, sh- they, they, they showed my six-year-old package. They showed my six-year-old package. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I was I was I was a diesel ass little six seven year old kid, dude. I had the cuts and all that. I was walking around like this. The six year old looking like he just came out the yard. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what I looked like. I was skinny as fuck, but I was cut up. Yeah. But um, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it was expensive, bro. It was expensive, and sure it, it took a lot of time. Like literally from Monday to Thursday, there was practices from four to five hours. But again, it kept me out of trouble. Yeah. On top of that, I also did track, which is I mean. It's our people from my heart usually do track, but I was also competitive in track. So I say ought to say I was blessed at a young age to not, you know, go into the streets early again. I had I had grandparents that helped me out. But now that I have kids, I'm trying to do the same thing for my kids. The same thing as far as putting them in sports that are a little bit kind of out of the ordinary for us as far as we're, we're black folk. And it's 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 like day and night from how I grew up to again being out here in Jersey. You see your access. I mean, my son freaking did wrestling. I didn't. Who do, he wasn't thinking about fucking wrestling. No, we weren't. But we were. But it was like WWE. <laughs> it was, it was WWE. Yeah. WWE. But I will be this real with you. Organized wrestling. So yeah. when you dive into playing football and coaching football, you realize that wrestling and football they go hand in hand. Yeah. So most of the football players that play in high school. They wrestle like The Rock and who was it? Other well, teams? I mean, just in general, like right yeah. now, like in current high school right now. Oh, you're saying okay? Like wrestling, how your son did? Yeah, yeah. Like that is it goes hand in hand with football. Gotcha. Most wrestlers play football, and vice versa. You know, what I mean, the same way there's makes other sense. guys Kinda that makes sense. obviously your wideouts and your running backs can um, can wrestle, but most likely they play they run track. Mm-hmm. And then the linemen and the bigger men. Yeah, the big men, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, special. Special players, maybe, maybe the running back yeah. could yeah. be a wrestler yeah. for his weight class. But yeah. when you come out to like Jersey, for instance, wrestling is huge. It's big out here, it's fucking big. Wrestling is huge. One out of my here. son's friends is in national right now. That's what I'm saying. It's a huge sport. Yeah. But to your point before, you were saying just on how these sports that we didn't have access to, that you try to get your kids involved mm-hmm. in. So I will sit here and tell you this: from my personal experience, to be real with you. Playing football growing up wasn't as glamorized in the city as basketball or baseball. Definitely wasn't. Because it wasn't a lot of football Because it wasn't. Fields. There wasn't a lot of football fields or programs. No. And there wasn't a lot of access there. When I came out here, I had an opportunity to get my kids in yeah. to the town. Exactly. Where they started playing ball at a young age, growing I mean, up the way I wish I had the chance. Just, just look at the NFL. Like, when you look at the NFL versus the NBA, the, the NBA... It's like, oh, they're known for the point guards coming out of New York City. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The NFL is known for its football players. There's not really too many football players out of the New York area. I can't not a lot. name. It's not a lot. I we, don't we, we know. We had one in Yonkers, but he was a lineman. Uh, Kennedy, Jimmy, Jimmy Kennedy. He played in the NFL for about. He, go, he played with my brother. 
Yeah. With the Roosevelt? With the Roosevelt. Yeah, yep. okay. He played, yeah. He played yeah. in the uh, pros? He played in the pros for like eight, nine years. Yeah. See, so that's yeah. good. So, but again, but like, right in the bottle. Very rare. Yeah, yeah. Very rare. Now, when you come out to Jersey, it changes dramatically. Like right over the bridge. Yeah. Like this particular town in Teaneck, Tom Bahali came out of here. Lance Ball came out of here. So these are guys who played years in the league. And Tom Bahali was a big name. He was a defensive end that was wrecking, ha- he was causing havoc. Yeah. He was a sack leader for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he, he was someone who had notoriety. In the but league. there's so many other people in Jersey. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, though, when you come out here, a sport like football that you think is more common in a town or city or state and anywhere in Jersey or Jersey as a whole, the competition level was extremely high. And to yeah. stay on top, Definitely. you have to get outside training. Yeah. Parents have the misconception that they can put a kid in a rec team and expect results. Yeah. If you want results, you have to have your kid play on a club team or you need to have outside training. I yeah. witnessed that this past or year. Or both. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes one isn't enough. Because yeah. all the other kids are. Yeah. Everyone else now is you're getting a step behind. You're behind. Yeah. I literally just had to spend a couple of thousand dollars for my son to get trained on baseball, and I saw the difference. Like he went from it was like day and night, but he was on a club team, so it was that that pressure of if you want to be as good as these kids, you got to do with these kids. These kids is training four or five. I mean, I can only four once a week, if I, even if that. But these kids are getting four or five times a week, one on one training, paying thousands of dollars because they have access to that. You know what I mean? We, we, we didn't have that. So, I mean, I know it because if I didn't have friends of mine in Jersey, I was blessed to meet three amazing trainers in the sport of football. Mm-hmm. And I've met countless trainers in baseball as well. Um, one of the best trainers in baseball, I'll keep it local too, is uh, he's, he's, a, he's a, uh, a local law enforcement here now too. Mr. Mr. Prada. He was one of the cops that were here during our car show. Car show, okay. Yeah, he was... He's trained Aaron. He's baseball, run, right? Yeah, he's yeah. ran club teams. He's phenomenal. Lefties, what's it called? Well, no, lefties is a spot you would train it down like a cliff okay, or something okay, like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Michael he used to work out of Fairview and a couple other spots though. Right. But going back to football, my guy Madee Williams, mm-hmm. my guy Brian Walker, and Brian was up, man. And then my Fre- frequent customer of yes, Smoking yes. National. Absolutely. Always supports. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. And uh, my man, uh, Steven Speedy Gonzalez. These three individuals all played at high levels. Brian and Speedy both played in the NFL. Madee mm. played at Syracuse the same time as Donovan McNabb as the quarterback. Okay. So he's the one that pa- followed McNabb when he was gone. He was the quarterback after. Oh, he was the backup. Yes. Like, when he came. Which was his turn next. Yeah, yeah, okay. These individuals aren't cheap, and they train with kids all the time. Difference is some trainers are money grabbers, and then some trainers are trainers for real. Yeah. yeah. Those three gentlemen I mentioned, they're trainers for real. And that's the longer money. And I'll tell you, Brian yeah. doesn't train everybody. You have to show for him, give you a, 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 an audition. You have to have a base level of talent or physical acumen. And if we can't to, vibe, yeah. and if, you're at, if you're, you're, your yeah, dialect and yeah. everything, if not, it's not, not vibing, yeah, within yeah. 15 minutes, you'll just say, uh, this is not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, but the point I'm making is that you had mentioned the upper hand. Yeah. When you go to my these guys who are my friends, you see the kids who are training with them consistently. Yeah. Okay? There's a lot of money invested in this. Yeah. They're not cheap. These guys train professional players. Here's, here's a question for you. It just came up top of my head because I remember me growing up, specifically with basketball, 
I don't know about football, definitely basketball. In the inner city, you know, in the Bronx, Gauchos, Riverside, mm -hmm. all that. We had we had access to these sponsors, I'll say that in quotes, sponsors who would help you and get you, you know, my situation, you know, having uh having the gauchos and you had these sponsors who would pay for these trainings and yeah. pay for you to be on these teams. Is it like that for football? Are there people out here who are helping these kids who don't have access to the funds? Seeing that talent at a young age and then molding them and kind of and just helping them through the ranks by sponsoring them. I know that was big back in the days with us. I don't know if that still goes on. From my Your kids are older than mine, so you obviously. From my experience, most of the kids that get these opportunities, they've had, for one, talent, mm -hmm. you know, from young, but they also have had a support system with their parents investing in their training. That okay. led them to go to more showcases. More showcases led to more combines. More combines led to yeah. more notoriety. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's where most of these coaches go to. They don't, Believe it or not, kids are getting scouted already at 6, 7, 8 for football, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. I you mean, know what I mean? Like yeah, We had that in basketball back then. But basketball was common. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. common for football because your body wasn't your matured, body's not yeah. matured yeah. yet. Yeah. Now there's yeah. kids on the radar. Dude, there was a kid who was like, I don't know, 10 years old already with a full scholarship to Michigan. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like It's That's insane. Crazy. It's insane. That's so crazy. to answer your question, a lot of the kids that are not with opportunity to have these trainings because of their upbringing mm. or their situations it's a home situation um when they do leave from eighth grade into high school if these kids are lucky to get scholarships to these high schools mm. i've seen where communities have come together to back some of these kids Good. i have seen some individuals also step up to help Good. you know what All i right. mean but the one thing I do love about football mm -hmm. is that when a kid does join a team, it's like joining a fraternity. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not like any other sport. Like, if we let you in, we let you in. Because they feel that they go to war in every game. That's what I was just about to say. Like, me and Leek, we, we were basketball players, man. So, like, I always said, people that play football are special individuals. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, so, I rode, Rod, you rode for a little while. Leek, I know you had aspirations of possibly in a, a motorcycle at one point, but... That's another fraternity because you understand, like, when we're out there on the street. Yeah, it's us. Yeah. It's us in the road. Yes. And if you are as crazy as me, I respect that because you have to be a little touched to ride a motorcycle you do. on the open road with cars. Yeah, that you do. Are, that you have no protection around you. Football is the same thing. Yes, it is. It really is. I, ain't lie. I tried it. Like yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> oh, I, I'll tell the story real quick. Uh, junior high school, too. yeah, junior high school, it's the same thing. So you know the, the drill. I don't. Know, so I'm not a football dude, so I don't know what the name of the drill is. But you know where it's like nutcracker. Everybody's in a circle. Nutcracker. Yeah, nutcracker. nutcracker. And then you guys on your backs. You're, you're on your backs. Back. It's a nutcracker. Get up and turn around and then hit each other. It, they, but they, you have to pick up the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah one yeah. guy does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, I did that. It's illegal now. Yeah, I did that. It was dangerous. The dude that tackled me. <laughs> but there's a meme though, Conway. Yeah. yeah to support that. this. I seen that. That is the one drill that has made more basketball players in the world. <laughs> Yo, there's literally a meme with that. Yo, dude, dude didn't even hit me that hard. It wasn't him hitting me. It was everything. It was the ball was right under my so chest. It was your bread basket. It got the, the wind knocked out. And the dude landed on me. Yeah, he this was dude done. was a big dude, yeah. man. You felt it. Every you see it. ounce of oxygen I get it. that was in my body escaped. <laughs> And I was just like, Ugh. it's true. And I was like, yep, I'm good. You see, catch you on the blacktop. Let's go. When we were growing up, football was used as a 
as a sport to make you tougher. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Or to consolidate that toughness if you were too rough and put your anger and that towards something. something. Yeah. <clears throat> Nowadays, most of these kids, the generations have changed. The, the the teaching methods are different. Yeah. What football is really most well known for, honestly, is teaching kids team building. Team meeting and discipline, obviously. Discipline. Baseball and basketball are very singular sports. They can't. Well, they baseball can't specifically. So is baseball. basketball. Because it's one, not, it's not, not, like not that, as much as baseball. It has. It has. Yeah. One kid like at the youth level. I've watched multiple games. Yeah. Uh, the score, the final score would be 67 62. One kid had 43 points. Yeah. So it's like, it's one guy can control a game. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. the same thing goes in baseball. It's singular because it's, it's a pitcher, yeah. one batter. You know, it's one a lot of one-on-one showcases. Well, by so definition, I've, baseball is singular. Yeah. Basketball has become that. It's because, becoming. Because the yes. money is so crazy mm-hmm. on the line. So I'm doing my thing. I got yeah. to get that money. I gotta Especially get that. with the amount of money thing. that parents spend on these teams. Mm-hmm. These club teams are expensive, so these kids become selfish from young. Look, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I teach my son to be selfish. Like, they, they, oh, we lost and blah blah blah. I'm like, how did you do? <laughs> like, did you, how did you do? You were up at bat. How did you do? I'm sorry, because I I feel like but baseball not, is a singular sport. But that's I'm like, not you being, need to concentrate on what you did. In a game. Like, he would get mad at all the other. Oh, this guy didn't do that. Dude, worry about what you have to do. If yeah, you no, do good, that. that'll help the team. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you do your job, that helps the team. The that same way, the way we win. teach it in football is do your one eleven. Basically, yeah, meaning I there's like 11 it. of us on the side. Yeah, yeah. Do your one out of 11. Yeah. If yep. you do yours, I'll do mine. And everybody does the same thing. That all 11 is on point. That's the one thing, yeah. though, that I love about football is because I really have to trust you and what yeah. you're going to do. Yeah. And not only that, I have to trust you and I got to trust the rest of the guys. Yeah. And if one guy fucks up, it could fuck up, the it could fuck up everything. Yeah. So it's the ultimate team sport. Definitely. And football nowadays is used more as a tool to teach kids how to be more together. Definitely. As Definitely. compared to the other sports. Definitely. And on that note, we have to get to our segment. We call it Notable Mention. This week, we are profiling Miss Florence Griffith-Joyner, a.k.a. Flojo. It's the SNA Live Podcast, and it's time for the Notable Mention. And we're back with our Notable Mention segment, as I stated before, Miss Florence Griffith-Joyner. So, this is back in the day. We've said it before. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. Flojo for, for nothing else other than her flyness when she stepped on the track. So let's just profile her real quick. Talk about quick. swag before that Yo, was a word. What? Hell yeah. Before it was a what? word. So Bad fashion. Those that don't know, Google her. Number Please, one. Number two, should. we always talk about how we 80s babies, man. So we coming up, we watching the Olympics. This particular woman, 1988 Olympics. It was in Seoul, Korea. She won a silver and three gold medals. She won the gold in the 100 meter. Three gold medal. She- <laughs> you know who's that, right? No, who the fuck was that? Who's that, Malik? Uh, Come on. Come on. Felix Tito Trinidad. Oh, there you go. When he talked about oh, beating three gold yeah. medalists. Three gold medal. <laughs> Shout out, Tito. Um... <laughs> She got the 200 meter. She set the world record in the 200 meter mm. that year. And she did the relay, the four by 100 meter. And then she also had the silver. Um, and I think she got a gold, no, I think she got a silver in the 84 Olympics. That was in, in LA, her hometown actually. Hometown, hometown that's right. Watts, she's from PJs and Watts. She, but, watching her run. She, I could, I'm, I'm having flashbacks it's like right a now. show. Not only was show. she graceful, but before there was Serena Williams, Y'all gotta check this out now. Before there was Serena with the fly outfits and the 
Flojo came out with the nails. Yes, she did. With the, with the fluorescent colors. Yes, she did. With the the nails looking like Coco from SWV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Lying there. You're not lying there. And beautiful woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like really just. Oh yeah. Easy was, on the hair eyes. Was always yeah, done. yeah, yeah. But she was fly. Then she used you to do it one leg up and one, one yeah, leg down. Yeah, on the thighs. like once yep. again before there was and, and no no disrespect to Serena. I'm not saying she was biting or whatever. But Serena just took the torch mm-hmm. and continued it and carried it over it and, and brought it to another level because Serena got that donkey. So <laughs> I want to talk about that story. I'm okay, like, okay, donkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So Flojo was the originator of flyness in yeah. sports for, for women uh, on, on that next level. Excellent. And unfortunately, we lost her way too early. Yeah, man. She died at the age of 38 years That's old. Um, apparently, she had a condition where she had epileptic seizures and she suffocated in her sleep when she had a seizure. So unfortunately, we lost her way too early. But notable mention, Florence Griffith Joyner, a.k.a. Flojo. And listen, like Conway said, man, please, if you've never heard of her before yeah. or you're familiar with the name and don't remember her real accomplishments, yeah. so jump on YouTube, do a yeah. quick Google search, watch a couple of her races, yeah. watch an interview of her, watch yeah. her talk, yeah. and then see her her, her swag. Before, like yeah. I said, swag was a Great word. Yeah. Uh, and what she did for the sport. Yeah. I mean, like, realistically, Definitely. a lot of people weren't onto track and field I, I was like running that. track at that time she was one of the Unless, between her and Carl Lewis like Carl that's Lewis we looked was another up to. one that's yes they yeah. look like absolutely. us and they win the Olympics winning gold medals absolutely absolutely so speaking about athletes of color we got to talk about our next topic which is these athletes of color who come through in these expensive sports mm-hmm. the golfs the tennis gymnastics track and field fencing even though I don't know any people of color in fence. I don't actually, I don't know anybody. And anybody you would be surprised if you did watch, um, I know on a high school level, it's very prominent with people of color mm. in fencing. Really? Yeah. Like you learn and something new I've every day. I've seen it, I want to see it on like ESPN3 sometimes. I always saw us fencing as far as in high school. It was usually like in uh, those boarding schools and stuff like that. Teaneck has fencing. Teaneck has fencing? Wow. I just told you, I had two twins from Teaneck. Just, they're going to FDU. That's fence. crazy. Nice. I had no so, I mean, full ride. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like whatever I their scholarship was, they, they're going there. So, nice. fencing so, is a thing. So, let me ask you something. So, obviously, you have the Williams sisters, you have Tiger Woods. But when I say to you, and, and, and keep in mind, I just want to be clear about this, I'm going to include baseball. And here's why I know baseball is America's pastime or whatever. But when he really boils down to it, and we had, you were kind of addressing this in, in the last segment about these club teams and how expensive it gets. So shout out to all these Caribbean players that focus and, and do what they need to do to get out of their situation of poverty. Because we have people that are, look, we all grew up in the hood on, on, this, on this, this, this show of ours, but there's nothing like third world country or outside of the United States poverty. Yeah, like we like, grew up in, in like underdeveloped neighborhoods, but yeah. Like, well, not we had we had shoes to play play yeah. our sports. We had like, running kids, water. These yeah. kids have no shoes. They're yeah. out playing on electricity dirt. and running, running water. water. Yeah. Like yeah. base, like general baseline yeah. things that you take yeah. for playing granted. On dirt, yeah. bare exactly. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna include that. Yeah, so, you have to. Yeah. So when I when I say athlete of color that has come through in these in these these sports, who, who comes to mind for you? 
I mean, well, shit. A couple do right off the jump. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll keep it on tennis. What's what's what's, what's the young girl who just took herself out for mental health? Osaka. Neo, Neo Osaka. Yeah. I mean, I know she's mixed, but still. I mean. Yo, you know why I fucks with her? Because <clears throat> she's she black. Has, she has poise, though, and she but respects she, but the nationa- black culture. But nationa- she's black, but she nationality, she's Japanese. She's Japanese. Yeah, but she, she, res- she carries the black culture. No, 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 she does, but that's my point, though. It was so cool that she puts herself out there. She does. She's for, an advocate. For black American yes, she issues. Is. Yes, mm-hmm. she does. When she's not American. She no. doesn't have to do that. She yeah. doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, if you see her, it has the... Japanese flag when she plays, right? It doesn't yeah, have the US. Exactly. Because yeah, no, yeah. she's not she's not American. Yeah, she's yeah. Ja- she's born and raised in Japan. But if you see I follow her on social media, she's she was out in Haiti doing a missionary work in Haiti. Everywhere. That's where her yeah. dad is from. But and that's why I don't yeah. like the term African American because yeah. it separates. Yeah. Yeah. You never if hear like uh Swedish American exactly. or fucking if like you're uh, black. You can think be about black that. from America. You can think, be black think, from It's true though. You never hear fucking like uh uh Czech American no, or you don't. fucking you don't. Scott American yeah, or just, Irish American. American. You, you do hear Irish American. <laughs> yeah. But you know why? They weren't considered white until like the 30s. Exactly. They were the, you know what, yeah. of the, yeah. of the yeah. litter. Yeah. <laughs> but Irish, <laughs> Panamanian, Nicaraguan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dominican, yeah. Puerto yeah. Rican, Sorry. like Brazilian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Colombian is black people in Colombia. For those that don't know, they're black people in Colombia. So you could be black is not. Solely just an American, well, obviously Africa, the largest black continent. But you, you it's not just too, um, it's, it's not just exclusive to America. So shout out to, to Naomi Osaka because she embraced the struggle without even being American. Thanks. So, really, you know, you, so I was going to go specifically to a sport, which I feel like we've never been a part of, probably because it's too freaking cold. We don't like cold, but hockey. We're slowly starting to Yeah, if you look the into the these teams So to name PK Subban, I believe is he's like probably the biggest African American. Yeah. What? Isn't, isn't he um fucking with uh Shorty yes, that's yes. a skier? Yes. Uh yeah. what's her name? Uh, um Fuck. The Olympic the Olympic girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll come to me. Good. But yeah, yeah. So so listen to these stats though. In the NHL, it's ninety seven percent white, three percent is just a mixed mixture of different ethnicities. Out of that 3%, only 26 are black. I didn't know there was 26. 26. And 20 of them are all from Canada. No, well, it's not an American sport. It's yeah, more of a yeah. Russian and Canadian but 26 sport. 26 out of that 3% is only black. Time out. I thought there was like four black players in the no, NHL. That's what I mean. They're starting. No, there's more. Maybe There's seven, one eight, team that maybe, has like three guys yeah, on three it. three of them. Maybe 10 years ago, yes, it was like that. Okay, now, cool. that's why I said we're starting to you now, you know, they, you know they're going to start getting nervous. They're going to start throwing in some rules or some shit. Some try to keep us out of here. <laughs> but hockey's expensive too, bro. No, that, that equipment, equipment is like football. Yeah, it's like yeah. football. All that equipment, yeah. you got to pay for all that shit, man. And then so. you got to find a fucking ice rink. Ex- exactly. How football, many ice rinks can, is in the hood? Yeah, exactly. You can go to the fucking park and just get a grass field to play some fucking exactly. football if you in want. Hood, but, you got to drive 40, 45 minutes away yeah, just to man. go find a, a, a hockey ice rink. But. So I'm going to give you some. I had to look this up because I wanted to get yeah. the young lady's name right. Erin Jackson mm-hmm. is the first black woman to compete for the U.S. Olympic long track speed skating. Speed oh. skater. Wow. Oh, yeah, I heard about her. Speed skater. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's just track. The dynamic, though. It's track on ice. The dynamic, though, was the physical makeup that you need to be successful as a speed skater is a lower bottom half. Yeah. And which nationality? I mean, it's hip thighs and ass. We got it. Exactly. (laughs) It was a matter of time before some started breaking through. Yeah. And that they're doing now. Here's another stat I just found out. 
Do you know, you know, we just had the world championships of, uh, for gymnastics to qualify to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Do you know the U.S. women's team or all African-American females? For what sport? For, the, for gymnastics. I'm, oh, wow. I'm yes. not surprised all, now. So Simone Biles, go to her. You go, you go on her page and she posted it. It's like six of them. All, all Speaking of Simone Biles, let's give a round of applause for that young lady That's right fair. there. Because, listen... Breaking records, they changing the rules because of her. Yes, they are. They basically the are. Yeah. They basically are. And this is a young lady who was adopted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had her own, you know, trial tribulations growing up. Yeah. Acclimating to a white family that adopted her. Yep. And she has been. She's not the biggest. Nah. Girl. Never was the biggest. Girl. But Lord, her heart and her physical acumen, her physical build, actually, that is transcended her into. History forever. They named moves after her. It's called the Biles. They have Look at that. moves after, named after her. Look that girl that. is talented, bro. Talented. Man. Lindsay Shout Vaughn, by the way. Lindsay L- Vaughn. That's who. I, I was, was thinking of Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Lindsay Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Subon. It was. It was fucking with me. He used to. She used to mess with Tiger too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. In the words of Smokey, though, I don't think he was in that right. <laughs> <laughs> but to 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 touch on something that you said before, I, I want to give you guys this crazy stat real quick. And I didn't want to chop this up either. I wanted it to be legit. So, <laughs> even though the most popular sport by default in America is football nowadays. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely took over baseball. Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, it trails, and this is in youth sports, it trails basketball by 3.4 million, which is the basketball players, mm-hmm. youth kids from uh, the last count in 2019. Mm. Baseball is 2.8 million. And soccer is 1.48 million. This here in the states, mm-hmm. and it's only slightly ahead of tennis, which tennis is at 1.4. Okay. So the numbers have changed because yeah. times have changed. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and we're doing better for ourselves also. At the same that time. we are too. And shout out to more of these enrichment programs that are growing up in these. Yeah, popping up in the yeah. Underdeveloped areas yeah. that are yeah. giving kids yeah, more definitely. opportunities. Yeah. You know, but I will say this. And this is this could be biased to default. The one real reason why I feel the way I do with youth baseball in particular mm. is that you spend a lot of money on bringing your kids in to get these trainings. But you had mentioned the demographic that doesn't get talked about a lot, and it's the Caribbean, which should yeah because most of these kids, like I had told you guys before, they knew Mike Trout by the age of seven was yeah. going to be a phenomenal player. Yeah. Baseball has analytics down to a science more than any other sport. Sometimes too much. Yeah, it's a little extra. Yeah, because it's taken coaching out of the game. Yeah, there's no need for a manager. Everything (laughs) is analytics, but analytics don't work all the time. Yeah, you're managing personalities. That's That's all it really is. But the thing is that sometimes your gut, which is what you paid a manager for back in the day, is what gets things through. Yeah, but all the nerds like took over. Yeah. What's funny though is it's only 50-50 though. See, adding these analytics teams to these franchises yeah. adds millions of dollars look what's happened to the Yankees they've I think they and over why, they overanalyze why are they not successful because they overanalyze that's my point that's my point and that's why Girardi was ousted because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was not about yeah, he's everything because he's old school I'll he's take school. some of it but yeah. I'm not taking all of it you're not going to tell me what to do in the crunch when it's like I've been playing this game yeah. and you've been looking at a fucking computer exactly and I've been around this guy 
exactly. for the last week. I've been watching his demeanor. Exactly. I watch how he eats. I watch how he comes to practice. I know what he's doing. This guy is focused this week. Now, the analytics don't prove that you're going to be successful because there's a lot more left-handers and right-handers and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But your drive and your approach this week made me feel comfortable exactly. putting you in. You know but the analytics makes me put the other guy you in. You know who fucked it all up? And, you know, credit to him because he got the Red Sox a fucking title since the first time in forever and the Cubs. Mm -hmm. Was it Theo Epstein? Theo Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> because you can't go 100 years and not win a World Series and then it's like you implement a system of like pure analytics and then they win. Well, he won it with two franchises. That didn't I'm saying the Red one, one that hasn't won in like 100 years. Yeah, I'm saying the Red Sox and, and then the, the Red Cubs. Sox, is, yeah. What's so, the dude from the... Um, from the uh, Oakland A's though that started that whole oh beans, beans right yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an, uh, they, they never won yeah that's why people didn't jump on the bandwagon the but when he took his shit and ran with yes it. yeah again yeah. he was a young guy he was innovative yeah. but I mean I can speak to something else just going back to the whole thing the pressure when you're talking about baseball and you know stuff like that it's also so I'm just telling a personal story so my big thing when, with my kids is that I wanted them to try everything. Listen, I'm not going to force a sport on you. Obviously, I play basketball. I'm not going to force my son to play basketball. Well, you can't because they're never going to play it exactly. if they so, don't want to. Just give them access to as much as you can. I even did karate at one time when I was little. Absolutely. My pops was like, yo, I'm just going to put you out there, try everything, yep. whatever you like. It, it, it sticks. Wound up, it wound up being basketball and track. Those were the two things. But So I do, I'm doing the same thing for my kids. But, dude, this is some fucking pressure. It just so happened the sports that they like are all the most fucking expensive <laughs> sports. My son wants to play fucking uh, baseball and, and, and wrestling. And my daughter wants tennis and gymnastics. Those are like the most expensive sports. So, again, just going to the topic. It's also pressure as parents. You know what I mean? Like you have to feeling like you have to freaking work extra work two or three jobs just to put your kids in the, in the, in the best situation kids, kids don't understand the concept they don't of money. understand the money yeah yeah they're just like well i want to do this and you're telling me i can't so you're a bad dad yeah, exactly yeah like, that's whoa. that's true it, that's true like, kind of what it is actually if your little ass would get out and get a job <laughs> <laughs> like my son he could have played in a regular the rec uh travel team which yeah. i wanted him to do but he he had that taste of the club baseball he's like no i want to play club again and like who am i to say no like if i can make it happen for my, my kid my son i'm gonna do it. work extra hard do what i have yeah. to do save some money up and i gotta i gotta do that for him. but going to baseball i know you you're down on baseball but going back to the topic we said at the end of the day it's all about getting that free ride to school so I'm not doing with the expectations that he's going to make it to the big leagues. If he can get that full ride and I don't got to pay for that college, I, I did so my that's job. The thing. I did my so, job. So that's the thing, though. Going back on baseball, again, we, we, we do consulting with parents mm -hmm. in our junior program. And we give parents all the numbers. You have to understand that baseball only carries but so many kids on a roster like basketball. Mm -hmm. They only give but so many scholarships yeah. away. Yeah. So on a 14-man team, they're only giving away two. Yeah. For baseball, because I guarantee whatever college, the other sports are getting more scholarship opportunity, basketball and football, because it's you need about 40 kids on that team. But baseball yeah. has D2 and D3, just like basketball. D3 doesn't give scholarships. D2 is only D2. partial. D2, you so you're not getting that full ride. But right. the thing with baseball, again, is so analytical that, again, if you're not scouted already by the age of 9, 10, odds of making anything after that is tough. That's crazy. It's really tough. I had a kid here from, from, from Tina who, who had a full ride from Clemson right now. He's going to Clemson right now. But he's had that in the bag already for years. Let, let me ask you something because I'm, I'm not a baseball dude. And, and I, I'm... I'm and shout brought, out to my one of the kids I coached, Luca, Luca Reyes. I have to let him know. He went to Bergen Catholic from yeah. Tina. First year as a freshman. 
Signed his letter of intent Four year scholarship To University of Miami cool. As a freshman That's real cool That's real cool So again So what I was about to say Is the, the baseball thing Not a baseball thing I'm Bronx born So I'm always in the roof For my Yankees mm-hmm. Right But not really in depth With the, the, the inner workings Of baseball Obviously within the past 15, 20 years There's like Just an influx of People from the Caribbean Or Central America It's been like that For the good Last 15, 15, 20 years years. Exactly So the Manny Ramirez's The Yasiel Puig's The um, I mean they're shipping They're 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 getting guys Like smuggled Out of countries To play So here's my question What are they doing In their countries That gets them Leaps and bounds Better Than the kids in Club teams They're putting here. a bat in their hand at four and five years old. No, like it's more than that. They're starting young. It's more than that. They're starting. They are starting young, but it's more than that. It's you're gonna get the family out of this jam. It's the yeah. hunger, right? It's the hunger. You're gonna get us out of this jam. Yeah. We're gonna put whatever we got. I'm gonna work countless hours at the fields. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do. Literally walking barefooted miles to work or with some sandals. Yeah. Work twelve hours, walk back, and do it again. Yeah. Just and to be I have able to, to get smuggle you. you into the United States, like Yasiel Peak story. That's what I'm saying, though. Go through cartels and shit just yeah. to get over that's here. That's what a lot that's of them do. do. Some of them don't make it over here too. You know that. No, they don't. Some of them, some of them get kidnapped, kidnapped for more money. Yeah. Yeah. Puig was one of them yeah, though. He got kidnapped twice, I think. Yeah. They kidnapped his ass and they had him for ransom. Yeah. So, what those kids doing though is that they're born in such a poverty. Yeah. All they got. Baseball is a cheap sport in relation to putting equipment around because it's not easy to play on a dirt field. But can you do it? Yes. Yeah, you can. Yeah, get a stick, get a ball. Well, back in the day, all that you learned in New York City that made a lot of people ball players was most of the parents back in the '50s, '60s played stick ball. Stick ball. Yeah. Stick ball is extremely hard. Yeah. If you ever tried to hit yeah. anything, yeah. it's a broomstick yeah. with a ball. I mean, yeah. you try to swing a broomstick at a ball with a paddle ball. Basically, yeah. So I mean, and, and that was the hood tennis. Yes, it was. Like my pops played yeah. paddleball. People played. Uh, Yo, handball. my dad, my so dad was paddleball king. That's what that's what I think. Cortona Park. That's what I think. Paddleball, big time. Yeah. Ultra Beach was another one. So yes, was Van Cortlandt Park. Yeah. Van Cortlandt Park was another one. Paddleball. Yeah. Uh, one sixty first Street. Yeah. Another big paddleball handball. Yep. But look, For those that don't know, in in New York, people that are listening maybe like in another state, another even another country, because we got people. Shout out to all our international fans, by the way. We've extended across the Atlantic. We got people in Europe. We got people in Africa listening. Yeah, we do. To those fans. So, for those that don't know, in New York, you have parks where you have just a pretty much a concrete court with a fence around it and a concrete slab coming up in the middle of it, and people play either paddleball or handball. It's a rub. It's a blue rubber ball. And I remember my pops used to always walk around. Blue or green, but they're hard as shit. Yeah. Yeah, and we used to play suicide with that ball. Yeah, or butts up. Same, butts up. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. There you go. <laughs> and the talent, the one of those thinking, about, thinking about that head. The, you know, we have, we have to do like an old school like hood games that we came up playing. We got to do an episode. Yeah. We, oh, we could do a parody on it, like it's just a like a like a game show type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the level of competitiveness, the women, fuck the dudes. The women that I saw playing paddleball, they would have their glove. They, they, they would be into it. But the thing is, though, that they would get to the paddleball courts early, seven in the morning, full cooler, 
yeah. of beer. Beer, definitely. <laughs> okay, full cooler beer, and they'd There'd be definitely in the park. be some cold forty five out there. Absolutely, the whole Sunday. Miller lights, all that shit, and a pack of Newports. Yeah, you was good to go. No, you're right. Or cools. It cools. Yeah, that was their whole Sunday. But again, the tides have shifted. I'll be honest, with you. Uh, watching sports, baseball particularly, like out here in Jersey, you see a lot of like. Uh, in baseball, particularly, you see a lot of white kids that play baseball. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the numbers that make it into the league, they're usually these Caribbean kids yeah. that they're bringing in. It's the Caribbean kids. Yes. You know what I mean? Sure. I was, what, we played about eight games in club. Played a f- seven, eight different teams. My son was the only kid of color out of all the games we went to. I, I, I get it, man. And for me, when I, only co- one. When I personally coached my teams here in Teaneck, I had a multicultural team. And I used to get shit from all the other coaches. Not Some of them more than the others. I would always put my kids in the hardest division to play in. That's smart. I would take my kids who were considered like kids on the rise trying to cross over. Yeah. But I would take them to play against Patterson. I would take them against Passaic. I would take them against these teams that are in these hoods. Like literally I played a team that literally came off a plane yeah. two weeks prior to the game. The whole team that came from DR. But you know what though? That will instill a certain... Fortitude in your kids because that's why I did it. These kids are hungry that they're playing against. That's why I did so it. So it's gonna make them either cower or step their game up You're and gonna, realize yes. their potential. We're gonna see what kind of cream you are. Are you the yeah. one that just sticks together and clutters and goes to the bottom, or are you gonna rise that's to the top? Definitely. So yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. But again, there's a lot more kids of color and not just playing like you said the traditional basketball, football. You see them now playing tennis. You see yeah. them more. Track and field has always had a mixture of children yeah, of color players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tennis, hockey, hockey. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, fencing. I know yeah. it's a joke. You know another one? What? Bowling. Mm. Mm. And the kids get scholarships for bowling. Yeah. You know what the crazy part is? When I think bowling. And I love bowling. I, I love it, but it's more of like a, I don't take it seriously as a sport. It's I more do. of like a. I do. We always spoke about that. Oh, it's like a. <laughs> I love bowling. Hey, let's get together, get drunk, and do. do. Remember uh, the spot up in Harlem? Um, oh yeah. Oh, what's the fucking name of it? It didn't last. Harlem, long. Harlem, Harlem Lanes. Lanes. Yes, Harlem yeah. Lanes. I stayed in there. I had yeah. one of my birthdays there. Yeah, I had a Harlem Lanes. Couple dates in there. That's, a, that's before you, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, judging by the name of it alone, it doesn't exist. So yeah, it yeah, was back in the day. Back in the day. Great idea. So yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so we have to get into our segment. We call it "What You Rocking With," where we talk about what we vibing with, what we feeling, what we're just you know, what, like I said, what we're rocking with this particular week. This is what you rocking with inside the SNA Live podcast. And we're back with our segment, What You Rocking With. And um, let's see if Lee goes left again. This motherfucker always goes left and just talks about some shit that has nothing to do Or if to he stole it. somebody else's topic. Or, or that. He's good for that too. Thief. Don't, don't hate because I'll be having a good idea. <laughs> So, Leek, no. I'm gonna let you set it off, man. What you rock with? I stayed on week? topic. Got a little sentimental here because this is this topic was kind of something near and dear to my heart because mm-hmm. I can relate to this. I'm rocking with Henry and Hattie Wynn, my grandparents. Okay. okay. Who? Yes. Shout out to them because if it wasn't for them, who knows where I would have been? 
Conway, you know, we grew up on the same block. We yes, grew sir. up in a very... Ravine Ave, what up? Ravine Ave, what's good? Home of the Brave. Malik could have been another Latarian. I, I could have been one of these dudes Like to do up. hood rat shit with my friends. Because exactly. <laughs> dudes on our hood was not doing shit with their lives, man. You know what I mean? And, big, big time. And my parents, on top of my grandparents, if it wasn't for my grandparents, who knows where I would have been. They, uh, fortunately, they did well for themselves they were retired and they were able to help out help assist. out and assist my parents and keeping me out the streets that's awesome keeping that's me cool. from being in jail or something so again just shout out to them you know god bless the dead um you know just they did their job you. though they that's how you job. pay it forward thank you love you that's by the way hattie old school black that is South old school that was uh, the house you went to in queens yes okay yeah i remember you South i remember Carolina, i remember baby. South Ozone Park, what up? I grew up. In I remember Queens the house too. and everything. I say Yonkers and Bronx, but I basically I grew up in Queens also. I was in Queens pretty much every weekend again with my grandparents. There so. you go. Shout out Shout to out. you. Yeah, big up, man. Big ups. Right, what you rock with this week, brother? So again, you know me. I'm always big on technology, right? So this week in particular, on the topic at hand with the access, my shout out for the week goes to kids that go above and beyond and will not let anything stop them from attain obtaining. Mm-hmm their dreams and goals so this week i am shouting out odc alexander the first black female softball pitcher who pitched for james madison yes. university yes who Yo. taught herself she was doing her hell yeah but here's the thing we spoke about all the trainers and the costs yeah this young lady taught herself how to pitch by watching YouTube videos. That's oh, crazy. Shit. I didn't know the story behind it. Nice. She took the opportunity and taught herself off of YouTube videos. And she was throwing heat. She yeah. started all four games of the championship series. Mm. She knocked off the number one Oklahoma team mm-hmm. out of the out of the series. Yeah. Again, this is a girl who taught herself off of YouTube. It's crazy. So big shout out to ODC Alexander. From James Madison University. Yes, that's up, man. Go, go. Yeah, it definitely needs some notoriety on that one because that was phenomenal what she did. So, Conway, what are you rocking with this week? So, this is, I don't know if this is fact yet. I think it's just rumor. But if the rumor's true, then definitely got to give a shout out. I'm rocking with. Miss Tiffany Haddish with her ah, fine ass. Ah, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. The rumor is. I brought up Florence Griffith Joyner, a.k.a. Flojo, earlier. The rumor is that Tiffany Haddish is going to do a biopic, and Tiffany Haddish is going to be playing Flojo. Florence Griffith Oh, that's Joyner. awesome. Man. Yeah. That is awesome. And she has the swag. She's from L.A., just yeah. like Flojo. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it would be a really, really good look for her. That's if, awesome. If that's, if that's true. That would be crazy. If it is like, true, that is dope. Like, and, and if you know Tiffany Haddish's story, you know, she was homeless for a little while. She was, like, sleeping in cars and stuff like she's that. In, uh, she's she, in group homes. She grew up in group she homes. She was in group homes, exactly. Another she, success story. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. She She admitted that in some of the auditions that she would go to, early in her career she didn't get because she couldn't read as well as her counterparts yeah. because she would go to school sometimes but it's tough going to school when you don't have clean clothes because you are homeless you know yeah, what i'm saying it's true so just it, it's so funny she's a sister that i obviously don't know in person but when i see her 
That's her like doing you knew thing. her. I feel like I'm, I'm proud of her. Yeah. Or that too. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, she is doing her thing. So her swag reminds me though of people you knew up. That you grew up. You grew up with. Yeah. Definitely. I said that you would love to hang out. Just, just the West Coast version. Exactly. Just the West Coast version. Correct. So if if it's true, you know what the rumor is in terms of her doing that biopic, then I'm rocking with Miss Tiffany Haddish. Yes, sir. And just really quick, as a notable mention for what you're rocking with, I got to give a shout out to Deion Sanders for prime time stepping his name out and trying to bring more light to HBCUs, especially in the sport of football. Because sad to say, there's not a lot of representation of children coming out because they're kids coming out of college from HBCUs and. I don't think one kid from one HBCU got drafted in the past draft. So, uh, it's you can't still, tell me there's no talent there. You can't we're still coming. It's, it's still a long way. Uh, a long way. We're away. coming up. But here's the deal, though, and I'll, I'll I'll say this quick for those who don't know: if you look at these big schools that bring these kids out in these drafts, they did a study. Like the kids that come out predominantly from the Alabamas, the Clemsons, and stuff. Yeah, they get drafted in the first round, mm-hmm. but only like. 16 or 17 percent of them stay yeah. in the league. Yeah, they don't last the kids that get drafted from these HBCU. small schools, yeah. not just yet, because I think HBCUs will be on the rise soon. But these yeah. small schools, like Chattanooga, like like just small yeah. schools, yeah. Like yeah. they're the ones that get drafted four, fifth, sixth round, signed as undrafted free agents, and they're the ones that last in the league longer than these number one picks. Gotcha. So again, you know, big shout out again just to Deion Sanders for putting his name out, trying to bring more light because I think the tables will turn, but we need to invest more in our HBCUs when it comes to sports. Definitely, definitely. And that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. We appreciate you joining us on this journey. Uh, As usual, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on our YouTube page. You can find us on the One Institution Media platform. You can find us on Castos. Yes, you can. We are everywhere. We're taking over. You thought we came to take part. Now, man, we came to take over. We're taking over. One podcast at a time. (laughs) And in the words of Miss Shirley Chisholm, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. We out. Peace. You have just listened to the SNA Live experience. We want to thank you for tuning in with us. We'll be back with another episode. Go!